are joining Mug Monday. Hello, Hi. hello. Come on in. Joining us for Mug Monday here at Women to Warriors. And this is my gal pal here, Jessica. She's going to share with us her amazing testimony and story. We've been chatting it up a little bit beforehand for a little bit of a preview of what you're going to talk about. I got the commercial. That was really good. It's like cliffhanger. So I can't wait to hear about your story. But this is our mug. This is what we talk about. Our face is our mug. You know, it's a, it's kind of a play on words. And then we have a mug that we share that we bring. So I want to know about your mug and the mug that you have today. Oh, this mug is uh, one that one of my classmates gave me for Christmas when I was going to cosmetology school. It says okay. spread kindness like confetti. She said when she's seen it, it just reminded her of me. So uh, this does have some sentimental value because she was a wonderful person to meet along my journey okay so. fabulous awesome well good all right so mine says wake up and be awesome and that. has a rainbow on it and it just it, well it reminded me of you because i feel like every time we've talked you've you just that's just who you are too you're an encourager Aww. and and like even just like texting i get a text she's encouraging in person <laughs> i mean you've yeah. probably said a hundred positive things to me you know we've been together for like 30 minutes so, sweet. <laughs> so you're so sweet so wake up and be awesome <laughs> that I reminded like that. me of you all right so let's whoops there we go see there we go with the glasses <laughs> <laughs> All right, see how that one just shut right off. What is up with that, girl? All right, let me see what's going on here, ladies. Got the video going, shutting off on me here. All right, so we got to make sure everything's rolling here. All right, thank you, dear, for getting that. So we're going to toast our mugs, and um, then we start our, our interview. All right. Mm. All right, I can set this just about anywhere. Is it all right? Yeah. Or even right there? Okay, good. Fabulous. All right, so... Let's talk about first how we met. It was very random. Yes. We were in downtown Kalamazoo, and um, my women will know this because we were helping. Um, they volunteered to help um, by giving donations, and we were helping out the tent city down there mm -hmm. at one period of time. And we had met on the tent city property yes. of downtown Kalamazoo, and you were you would have an organization that you're heading up and, and brought down your wisdom and your knowledge and all your stuff down there, and here we were. And so we just found each other and swapped numbers and then been chatting ever since. So, yeah. And now you're, thank you, came on an interview. So how vulnerable and transparent and amazing, because you're all about women too and empowering yes. women, so I want to hear all about that. But So thank you so much for joining us on Mug Monday, and this is our girl. She's going to share some things. So Tell me first, like, where, where were you born? I was born in Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay. And uh, I actually was, we moved to Florida when I was five years old, and I lived in Tampa until I was about 14 years old. Okay. And then I moved back to Battle Creek. Okay. Yep. All right. And then you grew up here through that point on, and then did you go to school anywhere after high school, or what did you do? Because I um, want to say you did, you make up and... You're talking about being a beautician at some point, so. Yeah, so I did um, go to college at the University of Phoenix. I never mm. did actually obtain a degree, though. Okay. Um, initially, I wanted to get into uh, criminal justice. Oh. Yeah, and um, when I was going to college, I worked in a factory, so I was doing very well there. Okay. And I changed my major to management. Because I had, at that time, thought that I would stay with that business as a career. Okay. Um, and then, when I met my husband, we started a family. And I've always been really passionate about uh, just helping others. And okay. I love children. Okay. So, um, I actually went to school... Um, for like Excel and bookkeeping and stuff because I ended up um, starting my own home daycare. 
Wow. So for seven years, I ran an in-home daycare, and that gave uh, my husband and I the opportunity for our children to be raised by us. Um, and then uh, I went back to work because um, I went through a divorce. Okay. And so can you back up just that moment? Pause on that. But you went, okay, so you went, went and you got married um, and met this gentleman. Um, so you were going through school, but then how did you meet him? Through my job. Through your job. Yep, okay. I worked at Denso Manufacturing. Okay. Yep. And then soon after you got married, or how long did it take? Did you guys have oh, that relationship? We moved so fast. You did. Okay. Yeah. Fast, like as in within, within how much time would you say? So we started dating in December of 2004. Okay. And we were married August of 2005. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you, what, do you regret that now? No, not oh, okay, at all. Okay, not at all. Okay, yeah. I, I don't just feel like it's super anything. fast. Okay. It was really fast. You wouldn't suggest that to your children, probably, but... No, no. Yeah, I think I was fast with my second like, husband, we for sure. We actually weren't... Um, we were still baby Christians. Okay. I was. And uh, did not go about things the right way. Okay, so that's what you're saying, probably. Yeah, okay. really fast. And... Um, I was pregnant too. Okay. So That's a, yep. he had proposed to me in April okay. 2005. And as soon as he had proposed, then we tried for having a baby. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, just there's so. Purposefully? Purposefully. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't know what you meant by that. When yep, you said I, I did. We have, tried or yeah, we tried. <laughs> uh, we were ready to have babies. I okay. had. Um, Another child prior to meeting my husband. Okay. okay. And um, as part of my testimony, I had actually lost custody of him oh, wow. to my ex-boyfriend. I was never married to his father. Okay. He, do you want to back up to even that story? When, yeah. what, tell me about when that how happened. Um, do you us. want to go back any further? Like, For I sure. Tell you a little bit about my childhood. Age one. No, I'm just kidding. Right, so, <laughs> we have an hour. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll try to um, <clears throat> try to tell you quickly. Um, so I was born in Battle Creek, Michigan in, um, when I was five years old, we moved to Tampa. That's where my stepfather, um, and my mom had moved and my stepfather had family down there. Okay. Um, my family is all from Michigan area. Okay. And my real father lives in Battle Creek as well. Okay. Um, so basically every summer I'd come up here and visit with my dad and my dad's side of the family and, um, my mom's side of the family lived up here too, but I, when I was with my dad, I didn't see them too often. Okay. Um, we moved to Florida kind of to get away. Um, there's some things in the family that uh, mom just wanted to get a fresh start Absolutely. with. And um, yeah. anyhow, we lived down there for many years. Um, okay. I did not come from a Christian environment. Um, my home was, now looking back, it was very broken. Um, my mom, um, and my stepdad, they'd done the best they could, but, uh, my stepdad was an alcoholic Mm. and we were very financially unstable. Mm. I moved, I went to 20 different schools. Whoa. Um, Yeah. So every year, basically I'd come back from visiting my dad and, um, have a new home and a new school to go to. Wow. Is it Um, because they were split or why, why would you, why, why, like they would have moments apart or... Was no. they would just move? We would just move a lot, and I learned later in life that it was because yeah. we didn't have any money. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. It, there was several times um, that I didn't know about where my stepfather, um, we thought he was working, and he wasn't working. Oh, so wow. in the eyes of the children, it would look like we had a normal life and everything, and in reality, we were struggling. 
mm. majorly. And there were times throughout my childhood that my mother was working two jobs. So mm. um, I remember times in my life where I didn't see mom much and um, I took on the responsibilities of, you know, maintaining the home and stuff for the family. Um, my stepdad was very uh, loud. Mm-hmm. So we did have lots of interaction with um, HRS, which is uh, like it's very similar to what Child Protective Services is mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, it was. It's my mom was also Wiccan, so growing up, I knew all about ghosts and tarot cards and oh, wow. seances and stuff like that. So that was part of the norm of your life. Yeah, very much. I felt when I was younger, you know, that it was normal to be able to communicate with ghosts and stuff. Mm. Um, and then, let's see, when I was in eighth grade, my mom was involved in a pretty bad car accident. Okay. She had um, injured her back mm. permanently, and we ended up moving back up to Michigan. Okay. Um, Are you still with your stepdad at this point, too? Yep, my stepdad okay. was still in the picture. Okay. Uh, we all moved up here. We okay. stayed with a relative of my mom's. Okay. And then eventually we ended up moving and getting our own place. But um, long story short, uh, when I was 16, we ended up being homeless. Um, I had a place to stay, but my stepdad ended up moving to the VA hospital, which he had been in before for alcoholism. Okay. And then I found a place for my mom and my little brother to go. So you're, you're on 16, and you're finding them places to go? Yeah. Wow. Um, I do have an older brother and a younger brother, too. I right. didn't tell you that. Yeah. My older brother, um, he was already moved out. Okay. I'm pretty certain. Um, that time of my life, I was not making good choices. I ended up dropping out of school. Hmm. Um, I was a straight-A student, too. I was on the National Honor Society, and I just had made some choices um, involving myself in drug and alcohol related activity and so this is you start, chose those things because this was your escape to escape what was really going on in your world yeah I and mean, I wow. feel like um I was looking for love in all the wrong places gotcha um when they're done that <laughs> I had uh I never even had kissed a boy or anything until I was 15 and then the same night that I kissed a boy I lost my virginity it was my first party and from that point on it was just Jessica was making decision after decision that was not in her best interest. Right. Wow. Um, anyhow, uh, trying to think of where I left off. So at 16, we didn't have a place to stay. Um, Mom ended up moving in with a friend of mine. And then um, my boyfriend's, uh, the boyfriend that I had at the time, his parents were kind enough to let me move in. And at 17, I was able to get an apartment on my own, and his mom actually co-signed. Oh, wow. So um, at that point, I had moved into my own place, and um, my mom and my stepdad and my brother ended up moving in with us for a while. Um, I went back to school. I was only out of school for a semester, and uh, because I was would have been only 17 when I graduated, um, I was ready to graduate before 18, but I couldn't get my diploma because in the state of Michigan, if you go to an alternative school, an adult school, then you have to be 18 to get your diploma. So um, I was going to night school, and when I turned 18, I hadn't had my diploma yet because I had to wait till they 
um, had the graduation ceremony and stuff. But on my 18th birthday, I um, got a job at Denso. That was the place that I wanted to go because I knew that they made good money and mm-hmm. they had good benefits. Um, and I forgot to tell you that two months prior to um, my starting or knowing that I was going to try and get a job there, I stopped smoking marijuana and stuff because um, I knew that if I was doing that, then I wouldn't be able to get a job there. Right. Um, I did. So you battled with alcohol then too? So What were some um, of the things you battled with back as far as you said drugs and alcohol? And were you pregnant? At what point were you became pregnant? I became pregnant when I was 19. 19. Okay, so it's a little bit later in the story. Okay. Yeah, so I actually started smoking cigarettes when I was 15. And then after I started working, I got my first job, like a real job, when I was 16. I've always been um, very... Um, motivated to have my own job and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said before, my family never had money. Um, so I think that was a huge motivation. Yeah. Um, I did get involved in retail uh, thrift shopping, or not thrift, but uh, stealing. Oh, um, okay. When I was a teenager. Cause I, to make, needing to make money. No, I was stealing clothing and stuff. Oh, for Uh, yourself. Yeah. Okay. And then when I turned 16, though, I had gotten my own job and I was able to support. Okay. So this, you just needed, you you basically did it just for clothing to steal because you needed clothes because you didn't have any because you guys were, okay. Yep. And then um, when I turned 16, I started working and then I had money too to get alcohol and I knew a man that was part of the militia. So every time I got paid, I go to his place. He had a basement full of alcohol. Oh, wow. Five bucks for a fifth of whatever I wanted. So I did start drinking. Um, my mom knew what I was doing, I'm pretty certain, because um, I would get Snapple and I'd pour like, uh, there was a wine that I used to get, Boone's or something. I don't remember the Boone's name. Farm? Yeah, is that a so, wine? Yeah. Yeah, I remember getting that, Mm -hmm. and I'd pour it in the Snapple bottles and walk Mm -hmm. around. And uh, at one point, my mom told me that she thought that I would be the alcoholic of the family. And that really hit home because I always, um, at that point in my life, I looked down on my stepdad because I seen where alcohol got him and how it reflected on our family. So when mom said that to me, then... I backed off the alcohol and just started smoking pot, and I was doing shrooms and acid. I only done acid a couple times just to experience it, and I did not really like that. Um, anyhow, when I got my job at Denso, I was drug-free. Just went clean. Do you went clean with everything and then just decided yep, to start? Yep, I just smoked cigarettes for okay. a long time. I would drink um, occasionally. I know that um, I ended up meeting... My oldest son's dad. Okay. I did have the boyfriend that I lived with, um, and we ended up breaking it off. Okay. Uh, and then that was the first boyfriend. Yeah, the okay. one that the parents had. Um, yes, helped you with, with the apartment. Them. Okay. Yep. Right. And then um, I had gotten into a serious relationship with my oldest son's father. Okay. And um, later had recognized that he also had some addictions that I was unaware of. I was very naive, and I always in the past, and I still do, seen the good in people. Yeah. And um, 
I later learned that I was codependent. So mm. I typically would attract to people that were broken and needed help. Okay. Um, anyhow, when I was in a relationship with my son's dad, it was not healthy at all. Mm. Um, back then, I did have a very sharp tongue mm-hmm. and uh, made... Was it like a defense mechanism using it? I mean... Oh, absolutely. And I... With my mom, too. And looking Mm. back, I... I don't like the person I used to be. Yeah. Um, Just... I'd call my stepdad a drunk and Mm. my mom a... The B word. Right. You know, we... My mom and I didn't have a good relationship at all Mm. throughout my childhood. Mm. Um, There were not very many positive words ever exchanged in the family. Um... It's amazing you're so encouraging now. I mean, seriously, because I grew up a very encouraging mom, and I think that's part of, and that's also a gift of exhortation, which I believe you have, but I'm like, whoa, I mean, that's amazing too, so that must be your gift, because you can't be just fake. I mean, you can't be faking that. Like, you're so, you know what I mean, encouraging the people. I mean, like I said, I mean, we are, I was hearing some like hundred compliments before we even started. So for you to grow up with the complete opposite and be who this—I mean, I've got glimpses of you over this time. Wow, that's huge. That's definitely God. That is very much God, but working um, through you is powerful. I mean, that's—I just see that little glimpse. I can imagine other people what they see. I just in you. powerful love people. Yeah, and um, you do. I feel like everybody is special. Even, like, the people that nobody wants to be around and that are negative, I feel like it's because they have, they, everybody has a story. Right. And you just have to find what makes them tick and build them up. You know, because we may be the only people that's ever done that in their lives. That's right. You know? Um, I always think of it as we may be the only Jesus they ever see, right? Yeah. You know, so for sure. Wow. And even just smiling at somebody can yes. make somebody's day. Yeah. They could be thinking of suicidal thoughts and you just smiled at them and they're like, wow, somebody Recognize actually smiled at me yeah. and recognized that in the world or saw me instead of seeing through me. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That's um, powerful. I actually have a tattoo on my foot that says sparkle and it means to stand out and be a light in other people's lives. Like I've always in my Kinda heart. like the confetti. Yeah. In my girlfriend. Heart, <laughs> I've always just felt like. There's more, my life should be more than what it is. Right. And then and after I had established a relationship with Christ, it took me a very long time to recognize that anything could be done through him. Mm-hmm. And um, I was very feel, fearful for many years. I had very, very low self-esteem wow. when I was mm-hmm. in my teenage years and in my early 20s. Yeah. I never even liked to wear bright colors, never liked to wear mm-hmm. skirts or anything. Um or dress up, and then you... Because you also had eating disorders, too. I did when I was in high school. Okay. Um, I started uh, limiting different foods and stuff, and then um, not eating uh, for periods of time, but I really loved to eat. I tried throwing up, but I didn't like so it's that. it's almost like bulimia. Yeah, and then I started taking laxatives on a right. regular basis. Right. And yeah. then in school... When I was in high school, I had a teacher that uh, was teaching on uh, eating disorders, and we learned about individuals that use laxatives as a way of losing weight, and she had shared a personal story. And this teacher I loved. like I felt a connection with her, and when I seen 
the emotion that she felt when she was sharing the story about one of her loved ones that had done that, I realized that I was going to hurt myself. Oh, wow. And at the time, I just wanted... I, Looking back, I know that it was just a control thing. Yeah. But it was because I had the low self-esteem. Sure. Absolutely. And I always just wanted to feel uh, wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, like... the one thing we have control over is our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. The only one. And somebody else could take, try to, but whatever. You're the one. So that's what yeah. you did. That was your way of taking control, right? Yeah. Wow. Um... So you are about your eating disorders. You want to still continue without high school because eventually you're going to have this baby. You're eventually with this guy because I, yeah. I kind of side, sidetracked you a little bit for a moment of that because I wanted to cover that area because it leads to your future too. But yeah. do you want to go back to that or do you want to finish anything about? Well, the eating disorders um, had come to a cease when my teacher had shared that. So that was when mm-hmm. I was in 11th grade. Um, okay, good. So 16. Okay. And... Um, then, okay, so I was telling you that I had gotten a job at Denso, yep. met my son's father. Okay. That relationship wasn't healthy at all. Um, because he was an addict of some sort, too, or what he was not? He, um... You're, you said you're attracted to that. He uh, had bipolar, so there were many instances where I've seen um, mm. more aggressive behaviors. Okay. And he also was a drinker, um... I didn't, I looked down on him. As I said, I had a sharp tongue too, so I was very brutally honest about things, which you can be loving and still honest about things. So, um, and then after I found out I was pregnant, which I wanted a baby, I remember when I was 16 thinking that I was pregnant and I was very excited about that. Oh, wow. Um, I just wanted somebody to love me and I thought that if I had a baby, they wouldn't have a choice. Right. (laughs) You know, because that's who would be taking care of the baby would be me. Yeah. Um... So when I was um, 19, by this point, my um, boyfriend and I had purchased a home. And um, before I found out I was pregnant, he had introduced me to cocaine. Oh, wow. And I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I've always been a very energetic person. Yeah. So that just gave you... Yeah. (laughs) And I hadn't touched drugs for a very long time. Okay. Um... I think I had smoked marijuana maybe four times from the time I had started at Denso until this point. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was 19, almost 20. So on my 20th birthday, I actually got a pregnancy test and found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And um, we had been doing cocaine on the weekends. Sometimes I remember even during the week because I know that I experienced lack of sleep before I went to work. Um, When I found out I was pregnant, that's when I was like, I'm not doing this. And I said, you know, I need you not to bring it around the house uh, because it'd be very tempting because I really liked the rush that I got from it. And uh, he, we had some of his friends that were at the house quite frequently. I think maybe one of them was even living with us at that point in time. And I remember right after I found out I was pregnant that I walked out in the living room and seen that they were snorting coke. And being a smart aleck, I walked up and ran my finger across it and put it in my mouth. And I was like, do you like what you see? You know, because it's like you don't care. You're still bringing it in the home. Right. And I shouldn't have done that, but I did because I thought it would prove a point. But I wasn't thinking about my child either at that point. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it 
ever no. since then. No, of course. But it was really embarrassing going to uh, prenatal visits and having to tell I was very shameful knowing that I had put my child in a situation knowingly. Yeah. You know. Um, so, ignorance for my part, that one swipe could affect the baby well, that it, much? It may not okay. have affected the baby um, because how early uh-huh. the uh, pregnancy was, but I did talk to the doctor, and the doctor said that if it had been like later in the okay. pregnancy, that it could have induced labor, mm. and there could be a number of other things sure, that sure, it sure, was sure. used on a frequent basis. Of course, that. But yeah, I don't know if one doctor I... assured me though okay. that at that point in time, and since I never done it after that, that yeah. baby would be okay. If okay, there's no concern there. Yeah. Um. So. I continued the relationship with my son's father until my son was six months old. Um, it was a really rough relationship. There was lots of things that he had shared with me that there was concern about my well-being if I left. Um, I tried to work through it, but he was very scared to be a father, and I felt like that influenced him to drink even more because mm-hmm. that's his coping mechanism, and he didn't um, medicate his bipolar consistently. Um, I, our relationship really consisted towards the end of me going to work. And when I'd get home, I'd be with the baby. And when he returned home, he would meet with a friend out on our deck and they would drink until I went to bed because I was going to work very early in the morning. And then when I would wake up in the morning, I would wake him up to go to bed and then it was just a cycle over and over again. Mm. And um, I didn't want my child to be raised in the same type of environment that I was. Not that I was raised in a physical mm-hmm. um, environment where I was being abused or you know any aggression or anything. But I didn't want my child to be around alcohol. That was something that I had always told myself mm-hmm. that I... Yeah, but for some reason at that point I didn't understand why. I was always attracted to that. Oh, yeah. Even if I didn't know they were a drinker or something. Something did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, when our son was six months old, we had a confrontation. It had become uh, violent and physical. Um, when I actually was able to um, get on top of my boyfriend, I had just punched him in the head as many times as I could because I had a uh, fear for my life that night. I won't go into details, but no. I was scared that I was going to die. Of course, of course. And um, I never called the cops any of the times that things had gotten aggressive. I felt bad for him. Um, I loved him. Right. I, like I said, did you I, feel like they were your fault too? Um, what the the anything that happened? Did you put yeah, the blame on yeah. yourself? Yeah. That last um, incident started because I had smacked him in the face, mm-hmm. and. That's the only time that I had, we had ever, I had ever hit him or anything, but yeah. it had escalated to the point where, like I said, I thought that I was going to lose my life. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was lots of guilt, mm. you know, uh, but that was the last time we were ever in a home together. Oh, yeah. I had left and... So you it, took the baby and left? Well, no. we, I, I told him that I was going to be done with the relationship and he left the house and told me that I could have it, um... And uh, I don't even remember where he lived, but he didn't want to be a part of our son's life at all at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. And I told him, no, I don't want my child to be raised like that. Yeah. He, um, he was absent for a, a very small amount of time and eventually had agreed to still 
to be a part of Rafik's life. Okay. And um, long story short, uh, I ended up moving back with my father. Um, actually, it was the first time that I ever lived with my father uh, on a consistent basis because I had only been... Because this is your real natural this is father. My natural father, yep. So you go from, I mean, do you ever have a communication or relationship with him? Oh, yeah. Time? I, okay, you I did. did. So that I'm was sorry. it was okay to move back in. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I had always okay. maintained a relationship with my dad. Okay. Because um, I know you said you visited, but I didn't know what yep, kind of relationship. When, when we moved up here when I was in uh, junior high school, then I would see him um, right. more frequently. Okay. Good. And I also had babysat my cousins and stuff, so okay. I've seen him. Um, so at that point, I felt that it'd be in my best interest and for my child for me to yeah. move in because I had, we had, it was an unplanned pregnancy. I had just right. bought a brand new car, mm-hmm. a new house. Um, and the more I worked, the more I had to pay for right. a sitter. And at that point, I wasn't getting financial help from anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't afford it. Right. I had tried getting assistance. And because I made good money, I was denied. Oh, wow. Um, so my father w- was very welcoming to allow me to stay there with my son, and we lived there um, for quite a while. Um, I want to say maybe six months or so, and then I ended up purchasing another home, um, the home that I was residing in that my son's father and I had purchased together. I had asked him if he wanted to move back in there because I uh, knew that he had a girlfriend that had a consistent uh, income and then he had friends that moved in um, and I just walked away I left all that for him everything in it yeah and um, we were still um, cordial towards each other okay and I had purchased a home that was just two blocks away so that as our son had grown he would be able to stay with either of us and go to the same school okay, okay. Um, however um, oh and I had uh, asked our son's father when he moved back in that home if he could watch our son while I worked. Um, His father uh, did not have a job, and I knew that he had involved himself in things that weren't safe, but I had trusted the fact that he wouldn't make bad choices when my son was around. Okay. And um, since I was encouraging a relationship between the two of them, I thought that it would be a good idea. Um, however, later I had, uh, learned that there was a lot of things going on in the home that my son was exposed to. And how I learned was, um, I would drop our son off around, I would like to say three in the morning because I was going in early to try and make more money. And, um, they would just leave the front door unlocked with a pack and play in the front room. And I would go in and there were several people passed out in the home and eventually I had met a man that had moved in with them that um, I had learned had been in prison for many years and um, I ended up actually falling for this guy Mm. and um, at first I was like oh you know that's great you're hanging out with people that have been in prison now right 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 then and somehow you got swooned in yeah because this person would stay up till three in the morning just to tell me to have a great day at work and oh, you know, noticing you. yeah, and all that's all it took was somebody yeah. to give me attention, right? You know, because right. all the insecurities and stuff, right? Absolutely. And that individual, um, he did spend I think eight years in prison. Um, from what I knew, he had been in prison for uh, stealing cars and stuff. I'm not exactly sure. Um, 
And he ended up telling me that, you know, people were smoking marijuana, holding my child in their hand while they were doing it. And I knew that some of the other individuals that were in the house were doing uh, harder drugs. Right, and I knew that because I was yeah. involved in it when I was there. Mm. And he had made mention that the stuff was still going on and that things were right, of course. sold out of the house and stuff. I mean, the clue that he dropped off the pack and play and then he yeah. saw the people passed out, right? Yeah. I mean, but then, you know, you're working and you need someone to watch your child and you're probably not, well, like, letting it all connect until... By this point, I was yeah. scared, though, Oh. to tell him that I didn't want my son to be over there. Oh. There were things that he had shared with me over the time frame that we were together that led me to believe that I was already told that if I ever left him, I'd never see my kid again. And so then, you, you had threats, basically. Even though yeah. you knew his lifestyle yep. was like it was. Your thing just went out. Right? Okay, one camera went off, the next okay. camera goes on. I mean, I might just use the same one, because let's see if this works if I can. Okay. Sometimes we'll... Oh, yeah, we'll try that. Okay. She's going to help me figure out this problem, y'all. I have to get up and turn a camera on and off. It's a mystery. <laughs> so, um... One of you can help me. I okay. ended up calling a silent observer on uh what is that so silent observer is um a number that you can call if you have any tips that you want to share anonymously with the okay. police okay because i knew that there was drug right, um, right, right, right sales of drugs going on right 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 and i so you were scared for your life again yeah and the, and the baby being taken away and all those things because he put that threat out there He's also your sitter. I mean, I know it's his dad. And my and all, son's but... dad. Like, so I kind mm. of felt trapped. Oh, yeah. And um, I had shared with a mutual friend that I called Silent Observer. And then um, during this whole time, like, it was within a short period of time, um, I had a sandstone about this big thrown through my window in my house. And a neighbor, it was like at 2 o'clock in the morning, a neighbor seen the vehicle and it was definitely somebody that was associated with that person. I was told mm. that when I had confronted an individual, I was told that I ruined their clientele by calling Silent Observer. Um, anyhow, uh, I had always believed that it was best for our son for us to have a good relationship and stuff. Right. And um, like I said, I had trust that he was doing things that was in our son's best interest. But um, Oh, he had asked during one of my weekends if he could have uh, our son to take him to the lake, and I figured, you know, I wasn't doing anything, so I thought that he would have fun at the lake. And how old is your son by this point? Oh, he was only a year and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, a year and a half. Yeah, maybe younger than that, actually. It was younger than that. Okay. Because a year and a half was when how old he was when he was taken from me. Okay. So, um, oh, I forgot to tell you that uh, when he was watching our child, there were times that I showed up, and um, I had noticed that there were bullet holes in all of the birdhouses and stuff. They lived right in the city, too. Okay. And the um, windows to the garage were spray painted over. <clears throat> and then one time I showed up to uh, pick up my son and um, nobody was there. And I had found out that... Uh, I believe it was that same day I dropped my son off and his dad wasn't even there and I didn't know. I left my child at this oh, house. Oh my gosh. Thankfully, yeah. the girlfriend was there, but I found out that he was oh put in jail the night before because they had a dispute and he was arrested. Wow. 
So um, hmm. back to the date that he had asked to take our child to the lake, I had agreed with it and I had packed snacks, all kinds of um, drinks and stuff. And then I put sunblock in there. And when he returned our son, he was extremely sunburned. And I was very upset because I left the sunblock in the bag. Um, and it was so bad that I had to call into work the following Monday. This was like on a Saturday. Mm. And uh, he said that he couldn't tell because he's colorblind and oh. just all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. Anyhow, by this point, the gentleman that I had been dating... Um, is this the... This prison is guy? Yep, the one that Sorry, had been not in to give him a title. No, later, but I don't but... want to mention names. No, no, gotcha. So, um, yeah, this person, uh, I had told him about what had happened with Robert and that he was sunburnt and stuff. And this person uh, ended up having taking my car to our son's uh, father's house and confronting the person. I don't know what all words were exchanged. Sure. Um, but I felt like he was just trying to protect our my son because yeah. he cared about him. And then from that point, it was just a nightmare. Um, I did uh, go out to the bar. I never had went out. this By this point, um, Robert's dad had taken me to court to try and get custody of Robert. And um, when we went to court, the judge gave him temporary custody because he said that uh, with me going to work that early in the morning, that it was unstable for me to take my child to a daycare provider. Because um, I did end up telling Robert's dad that he couldn't take him anymore from the sunburn incident. Oh, right. And okay. then I had a so This family. was his fight back thing? Yeah. So we went to um, court, and he did have temporary custody. I only got to keep my son from the time I got out of school, or excuse me, out of work until the evening time. So basically from like 2.30 in the afternoon until maybe 8 o'clock at night. And then I got him every other weekend. And, it was um, like a flip. It was, oh. and I thought that once we went to court that I'd definitely get him back because okay. he had a criminal record, too. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, my um, gosh. Nope, the, the system. Wow. Yeah, well, he always told me that if I ever tried to take, if we ever split up, yeah, that I'd never see my that, son. Yeah, but who for real? But I, mean, I did. He really did. I know. Yeah. In a fear you do, but then to think that it really can happen well, because of the crookedness of that world. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, That's and the part manipulation, and, and manipulation now part. I know that the court system only seen you know, what was created. Um, so anyhow, uh, yeah, so that took place. He had my son, and it took us two years to get through the system. Um, that gentleman, I found out, um, had been stealing my car and going out to uh, bars while I was sleeping, but because I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was, like, sleeping. I was out like a light, right. and I found out this after the fact. Oh. Um, however... So you looked like an angel, you know, living with them and hanging out with them, but then he was taking your car and going and partying and doing other things yeah. behind your back. And okay. I didn't know about this until after right. we split up. Right. Um, he, I did say that I went to the bars. So um, when I didn't have Robert, I did go to a bar one night, and I had become extremely intoxicated. Um, he had stolen my car and um, had been chased by the cops. My car was impounded. Um, they, he, when that person 
was chased by the cops and stuff, he left and was staying someplace else. I don't even know where he was or anything because he didn't want the cops to find out because he would have went back to prison. Right. And during this time, I'm like talking to the police, trying to get my car back. They thought I was lying and that I knew what was going on with him when I really didn't. Ended up having to pay to get my car back and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then come October, so this was uh, the, the sunburn happened in the summertime. And then in October, um, when I had my son for the weekend, I went to drop him off at his dad's house. And um, my dad called me that night. So um, when my son was dropped off, he had a quarter-sized bruise on his back. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't, didn't even know about it. I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. But evidently, he called the cops on me. His dad did. My son's dad. And he also called my dad, and I don't remember if it was this same night or just prior to that, he had told my dad that I was dating an ex-con, and my dad um, disowned me, basically. And he knew my dad was all that I really had for support. I never was really close to my mom. Um, We were off and on, and now I have a great relationship with her. But um, my dad turned against me. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. uh, so he called my dad, and my dad just lived down the road. So when the cops got there, my dad was there. So it kind of looked like my dad looked like he was, like, siding with the ex. Yeah, right. And um, a lot of the information I didn't know either. I didn't know about the boy stealing my car and having confrontations with... Um, later I found out he had a confrontation at the bar that weekend um, that the Bruce had showed up yeah. with roommates that lived with my ex. And... Um, so CPS did get involved. I went okay. to uh, pick up my son after work on Monday, and uh, nobody was there, and I thought maybe he had been in jail again or something. So I went home and found a CPS card in my door. Oh, wow. And I thought maybe that his dad had done something. Right. And when I called, actually, I called, and I didn't get an answer, and then within minutes of me arriving home, um... CPS was on my door, and I was like, what happened? You know, did he do something? And he's like, no, we're actually investigating you. Oh, my gosh. So, wow. um, And now, and actually, I feel like, Mm. I feel like I had an idea that his dad had called the cops because my dad Mm. had told me, but I don't, it's been so many years now, I don't remember. Right, right. Um, But uh, we did go through the system, and I... I told the guy that I was dating that he had to go because they told me that I wasn't going to get him back if I was still mm-hmm. in a relationship with him. The investigator had um, basically created a story that my um, ex-boyfriend, uh, the one that was living with me, the one, the ex-con, that he uh, got drunk and had a confrontation with some individuals that lived with my son's dad. And then he came home and beat my son, and that's how he had gotten a bruise on his back. Okay, so he made up his own story. Yeah, and said that I was a battered girlfriend and Mm -hmm. that I was agreeing. uh, Like, basically, he said he's seen signs that um, I was being abused and that I was lying for my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Although that that Mm -hmm. wasn't the case, though. Right, of course. So, um... I was supposed to, I went, I volunteered to go through counseling. Right. And um, so that was just before Halloween. And then um, right before Christmas, I was told that I'd get my son back. Okay. 
and I went to go pick my son up after court and uh, was laughed in my face saying that I don't have a right, I can't take my son because there was a, um, what is that called, a uh, restraining order on me. Well, I got a hold of my lawyer and to find out there was a restraining order that was in the system, but it was never signed by the judge, so mm. it was never... Uh, Recognized or Yeah, and it was okay. never served to me. Okay. So I had to go back to court again. Okay. And the judge said that since we were going through a custody issue, that we would come back to court and take care of the restraining order all in one hearing. Well, um, every time we were supposed to go to court, there was a delay. Mm. And as Does this I mean said, you don't see your child all this time? Well, I was able to see my son um, at the Toller building for a little while. That first investigator through CPS had okay. me actually going down and sitting in a room where people could see us and make sure my son was safe. And then um, when another investigator took over, he had informed me that I didn't need to actually be down there, that they do that um, where they know that a parent is unstable and unable to take care of a child, mm -hmm. that he said I could have uh, like a family member with me because mm -hmm. at this point um, they were, you know, investigating and didn't know if my child was safe to be around me. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad had agreed to do supervised visitation with me. And um, so I did see my son through supervised visitation for several months. Um, I don't remember when the supervised visitation had ended. I think it was when the CPS uh, case had come to an end, which was right around Christmas, and I thought I was getting him back. And then uh, I have to believe that it was still, um, his dad had, he still had temporary custody, so when I was able to get him back, it was still not overnights during the week because I was working. And um, eventually we made it, back through our hearing and stuff and uh, I did admit you know because he had brought up every thing that I had done that would make me look uh, you know just like a like not a good mom mm -hmm. so I did admit that I'd done the cocaine and I admitted that I did hit him and um, there was a lot of uh, dishonest answers on the other party's behalf yeah. and um, they gave him custody and I had questioned how that was possible when there's like a history of right. violence and right. no job, no driver's license. And they right. had told me that as long as he was on probation, that my son was going to be safe around him. Hmm. So I spent three years of my life literally every single day doing whatever I could to try and hmm. investigate and, and build a case. Um, I had learned that... Um, in Michigan, daycares and schools have an open-door policy, so I had called every day to talk to my son for years and got no answer or else. I so was, that meant, meant you could talk, talk to him anyway? I mean, I wasn't is even, it that, they wouldn't even allow me to talk to him. But that, is that what that open-door policy means? So the open-door policy means that if I'm a legal parent, yes, then I could go into the school okay. or the preschool to visit okay. with my child. Okay. And but nobody would let you. I went there okay. when he when his dad did start working. They did put him in a yep. daycare, okay. and I found out where it was because like I was paying uh, for childcare and for you know the support, child support right. for him to go to school and stuff. Right. So um, they had put him one in Battle Creek, and I was going there after work. And at first, they wouldn't even let me go in the room, and I found out later that it was because 
the other parties had mm-hmm. told them that I was abusive. And I was mm-hmm. actually at that point on the registry for neglect mm-hmm. because in the state of Michigan, you automatically go on that list if they open up a case. And I wasn't on there for abuse. It was for failure to protect. Oh, wow. So they wouldn't let me even see him until um, I had established a relationship. And mm-hmm. uh, they later apologized, but they were just protecting the children. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. But um, so I did go there after work nearly every day for a while. And then when they, the parent on the other side found out, they moved him to a place in Kalamazoo so I couldn't visit as frequently. Wow. Yeah. So anyhow, that was, uh, that's when I established a relationship with God, though. Okay. Um, when I was going through the court system. Um, mm-hmm. And I had actually, it was during my uh, interactions with CPS. Okay. Um, I don't cha- I don't wish to change anything about my past because okay. every single experience I went through was definitely a growing experience for yes. me. And yeah. I feel like um, God's put me in these situations so mm-hmm. that I can have compassion and teach others. Mm-hmm. Um, because as a young mother, I never thought that being around people that, you know, had been in prison before or that were on drugs, you know, or probation and stuff, like, that was a normal environment in my eyes. I mean, okay. when I was a teenager, I was going to the jail to visit people all the time. Mm. And in my early 20s, like, the group that I hung out with and even um, particular people in my family had been in trouble. Mm. And uh, it was nothing that was unordinary to me. Right. You know, so when I was going through CPS, though, I met my hero. Okay. And he was, uh, he was my counselor, and he had encouraged me to go to church, and he had told me that God has an amazing plan, and he was like, why don't you try a sport or go to school, and that's when I started going to college. All right. Um, he changed my life. He's the one that... This is... His name's Paul Fatato. Okay. And... Like um, a mentor came in your life. Yep. The first, I I would have to say the very, very first person that's ever uh, built me up and encouraged me to do something with my life, to live, you know, and um, he had spoke life into me and helped me to recognize that I had um, a lot to offer people. Yes. You know, and... um, I started going to church. My dad, my real father, actually did go to church. Okay. Um, he started going when I was in sixth grade. Uh, his his uh, brother had passed away, and then that's when he started going. But um, I didn't go. I remember when I was a teenager, I didn't like going. Um, but when I was going through the custody issue, I had hit rock bottom. I realized that a lot of people that I thought were my friends really weren't. Um, and then... Uh, I was hurt by a lot of the people that I worked with because when they found out I lost custody of my child, they thought I actually had somebody tell me, you're lying to us because I, it was a gentleman, he told me I have joint custody of my child and I'm not perfect and for you not to have your kid, you must be telling a lie or something. Right. So, um, it was really hard. I can't imagine. I, Mm. um... Because all these lies are being told about you. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're having to live through that, right? It was really hard. And then my child, that's what I lived for. Yeah. You know, I might have made bad choices or anything, but I always put my child first. I didn't know. Of course. The choices I were making were not healthy for him. Right. When it was brought to light, then I realized, man, what was I thinking? Right. Of course. You know, um, 
but in my eyes, I done everything for him. He always he never went without. I done lots of things, took him to parks and libraries, and made sure that I had a good relationship with him because I come from a home right. where I didn't feel that closeness, and I always yearned to have that. And I wanted a baby as sixteen years old. Right. I wanted a baby. Right. Um, so anyhow, this um, counselor that I had seen, he really, he just speaked life into me. I love it. And um, I started going to college. I went to church. And then um, I started recognizing which type of people I should surround myself with because I needed to surround myself with people that were going to inspire me and support me, not people that I was going to be taken care of all the time and that weren't mm-hmm. able to fill my cup up too. Right. You know, we all are here to help one another, mm-hmm. but we also need to be fed and be around people that believe in us that are going to encourage us to be what God's created us to be. Right. So, um, I, in the beginning when I first established a relationship with Christ, I was still going, I went to second shift for six months um, when I was going through the court system because I had missed so much time at work. Mm. I almost lost my job. Mm. And um, I was going to uh, the bars and stuff. That was the first time um, really that I had since I had turned 21, that I had went to the bars, like, casually. I remember uh, a time or two um, when I was when I was with the ex-con yeah. <laughs> that I went to the bar, but I never really had went frequently or anything because when I had Robert, I never drank or anything right. around him. Right. And then when, he, um, when his dad got custody, I had started going to the bars and stuff. But then when I had turned to God, um, I started feeling conviction. And I knew, because I would leave the bar and, like, my friends would make fun of me because I was going home because I wanted to go to church the next day. Right, 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 you know, right. You can't live both worlds, right? <laughs> no. So, uh... Well, you can try. Yeah. <laughs> you were trying. And I was still, I was like, I was still breaking myself. There was right. uh, lots of footholds, you know, that I had to let go of. Right. I call it, my husband and I call it dabbling because we talk about it a lot with diet. We're like, just can't dabble and have, try this and this and this when you're supposed to be eating clean this way. So that's what you were doing yeah, in life. Yeah. You just, yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see. I was changing my ways slowly. Okay. And um, were you overwhelmed by everything because you're having this conviction oh, of absolutely. life? I mean, did you start beating yourself up? Oh, because, yeah. Okay, you did. I did. Okay. And I remember that one of the young ladies that went to my dad's church, um, I had become saved. And by this point, I actually just started dating my now husband. Okay. And I remember when I was um, first saved going to church, and this young lady that was closer in age to me, she mm-hmm. kind of took me under her wing. I remember crying to her and telling her, how do I know that God loves me? You know, and I felt just so shameful for all the things that I'd done in the past. Mm. You know, just treating people the way I did because I I was very, just brutally honest. I was always very loving too, yeah. but at the same time, like if somebody looked at me the wrong way, I'd be like, what the, you looking yeah. at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Anyhow, it took me a very, very long time to recognize that Jesus or God loves us the way we are. Yeah. And He's waiting for us when right. we are 
right. in them stages, you know. Um, that's what you can do is best work. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, too. And um, anyhow, so Scott was, my husband was actually my boss's boss at my job. Okay. I worked under him for five years, and I never had a personal relationship with him, but when I took a hardship at my job, I had uh, to go to him to ask if I could move to second shift, so I kind of had to tell him my personal life and oh. why it was warranted, okay. you know, and um, he did agree to let me go to second shift. Okay. So I was on second shift for uh, six months. When I went back to first shift, um, Scott, over that six months, had been working out and stuff and had lost a lot of weight, and I was attracted to him when I came back. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize him. Like, oh, I remember asking gosh. one of my coworkers, I was like, who is that? Right. You know, and they were like, oh, that's Scott. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he had come up to me um, after I had returned to first shift, and I always get, like, really nervous around him and stuff. Yeah. But he wanted to make sure that everything was okay with my child. Oh, wow. And... Wow, that really made me feel good that somebody yes. actually cared, you know. Right. And um, so for several months from a distance, I was like, oh, I just, I really liked him. Yeah. And uh, one of my good friends, I was spending some time with her one night, and she was like, oh, guess who I ran into? And she told me that she had um, bumped into Scott um, the night before and was like, I used to... Um, she was telling me that she was on a golf league with him and thought he was a really great guy, just was picking the wrong people um, to have his partners. And she's like, he, I just wish that he'd find somebody that's going to be good to him and stuff. And I laughed and I was like, well, maybe that girl's right at the tip of his nose, you know. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I've loved him for a while now. And she actually um, called and told him that I had a crush on him. Whoa. And then when I was at work, I dropped my number um, for him. So he ended up calling me, and this would have been on a Friday, and we discussed, you know, dating, because if I was to date him, then I needed to move to a different area at work. So, okay. um, and I had, you know, shared a lot of my uh, history with him, because... You know, I was going through all this stuff with Robert, and uh, at this point, when I started dating him, I feel like my case hadn't actually been completed. I was still going through the very ending of these hearings and stuff, mm. and he needed to know that, and also he needed to know that I didn't want to be with a drinker. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was, like, high on my priority list. Mm -hmm. Um so anyhow, the first night that we had... Let me pause you right there because I'm getting cut off on okay, this podcast. Honey. So don't forget where you're at. Okay. <laughs> All right, I guess stop and go on to... All right, part two. All right. <laughs> this is good. So this was when uh, my husband and I first started talking, and my first date with him actually was him coming to my house. We were supposed to watch a movie. Okay. And he actually brought a photo album of his family. And like what family? His family, his mom and okay. his sister, because okay. he never okay. had any children. He okay. had been gotcha. married prior to me. Okay, but um, he had shared this photo album. It was of his sister's uh, wedding, and he had just got back from Saint Lucia and was like showing me his family. Oh, and in my heart, wow. I always wanted somebody that was close to their family. Yeah, because I thought, well, I'm not super close to mine, and I would love for that to be 
right. you know, something that's really important huh. in his life because that's always what I've always right. been for. Right. So the whole time he was there, we didn't even watch the movie. We're going through all these pictures and he's oh telling me about gosh. these excursions and stuff. And I realized, wow, this guy is really amazing and he loves his family. What other guy is going to spend time sharing his family on a right. first date? Right. You know, yeah. so when he left that evening, we had decided that we would go to, he would go to HR to let them know on Monday that we were going to be dating. Okay. You know, because it wouldn't be, right. uh, you know, within standards and stuff. And right. So uh, that Monday, I moved to another area of the plant, wow. and we started dating. And, um, yeah, we moved really fast. I ended up moving in uh, early in the year, the following year, because that was right around Christmas. And as I said, in April, he proposed, and wow. we really wanted to have more children. Right. I wanted more children. He of wanted course. children. Yeah. So, and I got pregnant right away. I was five months when I got married in August. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and where's the custody at with your son at this point? You're um, still visitation so kind of thing. I did have visitation, and then um, early in 2005, uh, his father was granted uh, custody. So I got oh, my son. Um, man, it's been so many years I can't remember because no. I feel like yeah. Robert was around a lot, but I know I didn't have him all the time. Right, of course. Um, and I feel like it might have just been. Wednesdays and every other weekend I I don't remember mm. um, because I spent three years maybe I had him every other week that's what it was I think I think I had him every other week but I only had joint physical custody that's what it was okay. but I wanted him all the time okay uh, yes uh, honey I'm in an interview right now is it urgent Pausing right here. Thank you for joining us on Mug Monday. I can see some of your names over there. Thank you so much. This is a little commercial break. Like I said, we like the raw and the real. So she's answering a question and uh, for her son, and um, they've been so patient. In the beginning of the interview, we were hearing the dog barking. It was so cute. They just got two cute dogs. So, all right. So, back here. Sorry about that. No worries at all. Come on now. But you know, it's interesting. Side note, you have sparkle everywhere. Like, I see sparkle here. You feel, It's kind of neat how it's followed you. Oh, yeah. It has, hasn't it? It has. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. No, so, no um, where was I at? So, uh, it was the beginning of 2005, and I was saved in 2005 in January. Okay. And, um, Scott started coming to church with me because I, I told him too I wanted you yeah. know to have a family that was raised in the church. Oh, what does that say? Hold on, more recording has been stopped. Okay, movie quick. Okay, good. We'll stop this off. Sorry. Tell me about that. Okay. I'm gonna switch cameras here, and I'm gonna see my arm on this one. Whoops. Oh, there we go. I think I'm gonna push. Record here. I might have to get behind it. Excuse me as I cross over here. Yeah. <laughs> Put my glasses on and see where the button is. Okay, there we go. All right, go ahead. There we go. Okay. All right. So where did I leave off before I left her room? You were, well, because you were saved, where you said you were in 2005, you were oh, yeah. January. Yep, that's right. And then um, he, his dad had gotten... Uh, full custody. Yeah, physical custody. And... Um, 
for three years. Like I literally would everything I could. I was doing research and then visiting like the daycares and making sure that doctors' offices were getting paid and stuff. And I had I built quite a strong case, but um, in the state of Michigan, they don't like to change the custodial environment after a child's been in a home for six months. So I learned later that's probably why every time we yeah. were supposed to go to court, it was delayed on his side. Okay. So um, anyhow, uh, Scott and I started a family, and uh, about two weeks, um, actually before we started the family, our, our first together was in the womb. Two weeks before we were going to get married, I, um, I found a bunch of alcohol bottles and stuff. So I knew that he would drink beer and stuff when he got home from work, but, um, and people that worked with us would tell me that he was alcoholic and what are you getting yourself into? Yeah. 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 So I didn't believe all that. Right. Of course. Yeah. And, um, when I found all the alcohol bottles, it confirmed what people were telling me. Mm. And it also brought back a lot of memories from my childhood Mm -hmm. because with my stepfather being an alcoholic my mom used to ask me to go look for the bottles so like Mm. at that point it became obsessive that I was Mm. looking for the stuff Mm. and when I confronted him uh he told me he'd get help Mm -hmm. um and And you're still proud of marriage well I told him I wasn't gonna marry him okay and then he promised that he'd get help okay so I felt bad I didn't all these people you know were anticipating us getting married and stuff and Everything that I had dreamed of having in a family was right there. Like his, um, his family, they all have gone to college and it would be natural in my eyes. I felt for my kids to be raised in an environment where they naturally thought that they would go to college and stuff. And he was going to church with me. You know, um, this is the first man I ever dated after I went through counseling that I felt like, uh, I married up. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it was very hard when I started dating him because he would pay for dinner and everything that we done and I've never experienced that. Mm. As a matter of fact, when we were married, I we never had a mutual account because mm. I uh, knew that my contributions weren't going to be as much as his and I knew that I would have a hard time spending money that I didn't earn. So um, anyhow, uh, the alcoholism. So after we got married... Uh, so you got married anyway? We got married, yep, because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to get help. Okay. And things were great. Um, he uh, was a great husband. Um, the first, so we got married in 2005, and we had officially divorced, I want to say in 2014 or 15. We were together eight years married 10 the last two years of our marriage I was moved out and everything um from the outside looking in it looked like we had the picture perfect marriage um I was involved in one of the church that we had went to after we started a family it wasn't the same one as my dad anymore um I was a teacher there Mm. um I had done devotions with women on calls and stuff in the morning mm-hmm. um however there was a lot of things going on that people weren't aware of right um and I didn't tell anybody because right. I didn't want anybody to judge you want your world rocked <laughs> yeah. and um I felt like I couldn't be me mm. um 
he was very uh, comfortable taking care of the family. I had actually established a daycare after we had our first child together. Um, I wanted to open a daycare and he supported that. Okay. So I had to actually get the, um, the abuse stuff expunged from my record oh, to be wow. able to start yeah. the daycare. So I, think about that. I went through that process and then had a wonderful establishment. My daycare, um, I absolutely loved all the parents oh, and just watching the children reach their milestones and stuff. And Scott was very supportive, helped me put together so many different things um, just for the kids, like in our backyard and stuff. But uh, in the evening time when he'd get home, I always felt like there was kind of like a switch that went off because okay. we were so different and we never had established a friendship. Mm. Um, he's very uh, athletic and into sports. So as soon as he got home, all sports on the TV and stuff. And then uh, I'm very musical. I always had music, so I'd turn off the music when he got home. And then um, I never had an opportunity to play any sports or get involved in any extracurricular activities when I was younger. All I knew is taking care of my family. And um, I really wanted to get involved in activities outside of the home when I was uh, married the first time, and I didn't really get any support. I felt like anytime I wanted to do anything, um, he would tell me, I don't want you to do that because, and then it sounded like it was a great idea, like that it was be being my best interest. Mm -hmm. And then he'd recommend things that he would like me to do. And who is the he? My husband. Okay. Yeah. This time. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. No, that's okay. So um, I wanted to go back to school. Okay. Because you know, I really, uh, I hadn't taken any classes where I felt like I had earned any type of special certifications okay. or anything. I had done. The business management okay. and then I had taken like Excel and stuff so I could utilize that right. in the daycare but okay. I really wanted to just find out what I was good at okay you know I never had experience I wanted to live okay you know and he's uh, 13 years older than me and has traveled mm. and played sports mm. and mm. Uh, he was ready to you know have a family and just be content right at home. and um, so between the alcoholism and me I guess being selfish, yeah. I had made choices too that weren't good. Yeah, right. You know, just filling voids and stuff. And right. um, I was ready to leave. Mm. You know, I felt like we had become uh, just roommates. Mm. And quite honestly, he'd get home from work late, and when it was warm out, um, he would be outside in the garage all night. Mm. You know, so yeah, it was hard. Oh yeah, I always loved him. Oh yeah, but it wasn't. A love that I felt like a woman should have for her husband. Okay. You know, and um, in 2012, trying to remember here now, 13, 2012, I told him that, well, we needed to see a counselor. Okay. Um, and we went to counseling a couple times and then it didn't seem like a priority. We, uh, were told that we needed to have date nights and stuff because we never did that when we had children. Um, never really focused on one another. Uh, I didn't even sleep in the bed the last yeah. several months of our relationship because um, I didn't want the kids sleeping in bed with us, and yeah. they managed to get in there, mm. you know, and because um, mm. that was our only time we had, like, where we could yeah. be alone. Yeah. So I felt like um, there wasn't a prioritizing uh, or any type of um, want 
to connect. Yeah. And then when the counselor said we needed to have date nights, we'd done it a few times, and then after that, it seemed like I was the only one pushing for it, you uh-huh. know? So um, in October of that year, I think it was like 2012, I told him that I was done. And um, for two days straight, he had come home from work just puking and beside mm. himself, and I felt bad. Because of the alcohol? No, just because he was so, so stressed So sick out. of us, okay. He didn't want us Mental to. Mental strictness. Yeah, he didn't want me to leave. Right, okay. So, um, again, I, I put my own needs and stuff on the back burner, and I said mm-hmm. I'd stay, but it was never the same again. Mm-hmm. Um, there was still a lot of uh, distance between us. Yeah. And I felt like I was making choices just to make everybody else happy. Right, absolutely. And... Um, then in June, the following year, uh, he he always used to ask me, what's wrong, what's wrong? He must have been able to tell, obviously, because mm-hmm. I wear my uh, emotions on my sleeve. And um, I was in the shower, and he came in and was like, what's wrong? And I, it just came out that I want a divorce. And it wasn't premeditated or anything, but I knew that I needed to follow through because yeah. it was on my heart. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I went ahead and followed through. Mm-hmm. And um, we had stayed friends. You know, I cared a lot about him. Mm-hmm. I just felt that at that point in time, I really didn't think that we were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. And he needed to get help with his alcohol. Yeah. So this, and you had a child together. We actually ended up More having than three children together. Three children, and the time that you're leaving, you have three children, mm-hmm. and then your son. And then who my was son. Okay, yep. yep. Okay, gotcha. Oh, and actually, I had forgot to tell you that um, when my oldest was six, or five, he had, it was the first week of him starting kindergarten, I actually ended up getting full custody of him. Oh, His, wow. Yeah, so there's so much things. Oh my gosh, yeah, um, it's okay. We need like a part two, three, and four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, kidding. Um, we could just tell whatever you could tell now, but it's no, yeah, no it's okay. My, we have um, custody. Yeah, his uh, father was, there was a huge change in circumstance okay. that okay. showed that he'd be better off than I am. So actually, um, I got full custody, but then after the first maybe a year, I had asked his father if he wanted to take him every other week. Uh-huh. There's, this is another story, so yeah. I'm not going to go into it. No, no, it's okay. Really long. Um, so back to uh, the divorce. Um, so you went through the divorce. Yep. So for two years, though, um, we didn't divorce right away because my husband was so kind to provide insurance and stuff still mm-hmm. um, for my oldest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um I had to establish myself with a career and stuff I went back to a home that I had the one that I had bought for my oldest son and I on the other side of Battle Creek and I moved in there and I wanted to get in the medical field just because I've always wanted to work with people but I couldn't find a job that I could make more than minimum wage to get my foot in the door Mm. and I had decided that I would go to third shift because the home that I had was only like 600 square feet. Okay. So there was no bed. There wasn't room for the kids to sleep there. And um, we also didn't want the kids to go through yet another transition of having like a ba- uh, daycare babysitter. Right. So we thought that it would be best if I went to third shift and then I could just split the days with 
yeah. my husband. Okay. So I ended up um, finding the perfect job, actually. It was a factory. I told myself I'd never go back to a factory. But I did say I wouldn't stay on the floor, that I have more to offer. So not that it's a bad thing, but I no, love I to, you know, work with people and stuff, not with the machines. Right, right. Um, so I had learned about this job out here in Marshall, and I applied and got hired. And um, for the first two years, I would go to his house right after I got out of work, get the kids on the bus, three of them, and then I would take our youngest to preschool, go all the way back home, and get like a four-hour nap, then pick up our youngest, get back to his house, get all the kids off the school, or off the bus, get them all fed and their homework done, and then their dad would get home in time to enjoy, you know, yeah. the evening and put them to bed. Yeah. But I couldn't do that after two years because I was falling asleep at the wheel and oh, yeah. uh, it wasn't safe anymore. Right. But during that time, there was some amazing things that happened. Um, I had uh, met one person that ended up becoming a mentor. So this is only the second person in my life at this point. Right, day, yeah. Because the other one was the counselor. Right. And yeah. this individual had told me, um, hey, I see all of these great characteristics. I know that you want to get in the medical field eventually, but... I think you'd be a great leader here hmm. and um, I ended up applying for some positions I got five promotions at that job in less wow. than in three years Wow yeah and it, it was all through God too I of was course. like the I don't remember what the um, book it is in the Bible but my favorite verse is I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me and I would just recite that in my head all the time right. I um because I was so fearful right. but I wanted to push myself to see what I was capable of doing as well but I will tell you um, that one thing I did struggle with um, was I distanced myself from God when I went through my divorce okay and I also we had switched churches during the um, right before we had separated. Okay. And I intentionally did not get involved in anything at church. I didn't want anybody to know my personal life because at that point right. in time, I didn't want to save my marriage, and that was mm. my fault. So you went running. I did, and mm. um, being a Christian's hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're born into. Yeah. The sin of the world and mm. the enemy's right there to tell you, you know yeah. what, you shouldn't have done that. Right. You know, you made choices that were terrible. You don't want to even uh, show your face. You know, just... Right. And I realized during that time, I realize now that I should have been running for the cross. That's right. You know, and even when I was separated, I was still making choices that I shouldn't have been. Like, mm -hmm. I, would, I didn't want to be in a relationship with anybody, but I still wanted to date and just to feel important right you know and um so where you are today though is you're with your husband yes yeah so y'all worked this out yeah. i mean i know we have to shrink it now a little yep. bit but so you're with him now and how, that's a miracle in itself yeah so what pulled us together was um during the course of our separation okay. he had escalated with his drinking and there were several times that uh he would reach out to me because we were still friends for okay, a right. long time yeah and I would help him get set up with uh, rehabilitation centers and stuff so he had gone out of state even wow. um, to get help and um, in 2017 um, 
his father had told me it was time for me to take the kids away from him because there were things going on that I was unaware of. I didn't realize that the extent of his drinking had escalated so much. So I did get an attorney and I was fighting Mm. for full custody. Mm. And then um, the drinking just escalated even more after Mm. that. And in 2017, it was on a Saturday, I think it was July 29th, uh, his father called and told me that uh, he was in the hospital, that he had been taken by ambulance. And um, I didn't know the extent of uh, what was going on. Um, His father and I haven't had the best relationship. Yeah. Um, And his mom told me the best that she could. I've always had a good relationship with his mother. Um, But uh, I didn't, I thought that he was having some issues with his kidneys and stuff or something, but I didn't understand what was going on. He had developed pancreatitis and his body had shut down. Um, a few days after he had been in the hospital, I actually, his mom called me and told me to come up there and, uh, he had, my goodness, just, there were IVs all the way around his bed. He was on oxygen. Mm. They, um, one of the nurses pulled me to the side and said that you need to, uh, you need to be aware of this. Nobody's told you, Mm. but he's probably not going to live two weeks. And I had found out later that they had actually, uh, before I was even invited up to the hospital, they had actually had everybody go up to the hospital to say their goodbyes and stuff. Wow. So during this time, I'm like totally confused thinking, you know, I need to get my kids into counseling, be prepared for his death. And I actually ended up losing my stepdad in 2011 to alcoholism too. So everything that I had not wanted my kids to go through, here I am thinking, Mm -hmm. nice Jess. Right. You know, um... However, he pulled through. Wow, um, miracles. He was in the hospital from July until, I don't think that he was actually out of rehab because he had to learn how to walk and stuff too. He um, And eat. I believe mm. these are all the things. He has now um, a pacemaker. Wow. And he also had a fistula in his arm because they expected him to be on dialysis the rest of his life. He's not had to do dialysis since 2018. That's, praise God. Um, but he he was back um, out of the hospitals and stuff in December 2017. And then um, he needed to gain all his strength and stuff. And our daughter, she was overweight at the time. She was 11, actually 10 at that point. And um, he started working out, and she decided she was ready to start, you know, yeah. making healthier decisions. And right. I think it's great when kids work oh, out yeah. with their family. Yeah. So um, they were going to the gym and stuff, and then uh, things were great. And then come uh, summer of 2018, um, I had actually taken a promotion at my job, and I was working about 15 hours a day. Okay. And uh, my daughter had stressed to me that she felt lonely and missed me a lot, you know. And during this time also, we had noticed that there was some weird changes uh, going on where she was, uh, like, talking about food all the time. Okay. And um, she, by the end of the summer, was starting to uh, not eat as much condiments and uh, not wanting to eat out as much. Mm -hmm. She stopped eating like we had pizza night every other Friday night, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, 
You started noticing some changes, behavioral yeah. changes. So we put her in counseling and uh, started seeing a nutritionist, and she was losing a lot of weight. But she mm. was still eating, just right. making different decisions. But we mm-hmm. felt that she was confused over what was healthy and what was not. Okay. And uh, I had her seeing a counselor at school, which was also the same counselor she's seen when her dad was in the hospital. So she mm. knew the history and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, about six weeks into the school year, she had just started junior high. We went uh, to conferences. It must have been the end of the paper, the quarter. Yes. Mm. Honey, I'm in the middle of an interview. What's up? Hi. Do you know when my package is getting out? No. Stop. Oh, don't let well, the dog will Stop. knock over Stop. anything, okay. right? Okay. Oh. This is a cute little pause. Can I pause and use the restroom? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we're pausing for a bathroom break. <laughs> so if you want to finish the story, you can because I want to hear it too, but, but don't leave it entertained for a moment. Or oh. just pause. Okay. It'll be a commercial break. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. So I should probably just continue with my stories because this is really long. Anyhow, um, where did I leave off? I was telling you about our daughter. I'm, I'm still in the interview, honey. It's recording. Ro huh? wants me to meet him at his house at 2. Okay, honey. But anyways... So anyhow, um, we had uh, taken our daughter to a wellness check because she had lost um, quite a bit of weight. And we had also um, learned that um, at the conferences for school that our daughter was actually standing in all of her classes and pacing the back of all of her classrooms. Um, We had learned that it was actually anorexia that she was diagnosed with. Um, we had taken her to her wellness check and um, the doctor said she needed to be hospitalized because she was so malnourished that her heart rate had dropped tremendously. And um, our daughter was taken to U of M and she was admitted to the hospital where she had stayed um, for 13 days. Um, I didn't realize the extent of the weight that she had lost until I was in the hospital with her because I, it was winter time and I hadn't seen her without uh, baggy clothes on, but, um, she was actually, she looked like a skeleton and, um, anyhow, she was discharged after 13 days and we admitted her into a partial, um, partial inpatient program at the U of M. Um, where we went through family therapy to help mm. uh, recognize um, signs of triggers and learn how to feed her. Um, after she had left uh, the U of M from her initial stay, the eating disorder had then began fighting back. Like she was not mm. eating at all now. Oh so um, she had experienced a lot of emotional distress mm. and. Um, at one point I had to have Scott take the boys because it wasn't healthy for them to be around that. Mm. And um, 
we went to this um, partial inpatient program from January until spring break. It was five days a week. And it so was, is that you three go, or who all goes? Everybody at this point. So it was um, her father would go one day without me, and then the other um, days we'd go together. Um, I was. This really, is your new full time job. Yeah, and <laughs> I was blessed to have um, a job that I could work mobily, like mm. some days, because they had evening um, classes too. Like in the evening, we'd go one day out of the week right. instead of during the morning. So I was able to kind of shift my right. hours and stuff around. Right. Anyhow, so through that whole um, experience, Scott and I had grown a, a friendship. Wow. You know, um, and. I could tell that Angel wanted us to get back together and stuff. And I had told her that... So oh, gosh. I didn't think that... I didn't want her to be hurt, but I didn't yeah. want her dad that way. Right. And um, then during the summer of 2018, you know, we're still hanging out and stuff. And um, I realized that I, I really did like him again. Okay. So we started dating. Wow. Yeah, and it was incredible, though, because um, this time we put God first. Yeah. This is the first relationship that yeah. I've ever, like, we just decided we weren't going to sleep together. We were going to make sure that we um, got to know each other mm. and um, get in the Word. Mm. And um, we went to premarital counseling. Mm and went through some incredible studies that our pastor had recommended. Okay. And um, we got married on our anniversary date that was from the first marriage. So August 27th of last year, we got remarried. And in the meantime, there's been a lot of activities going on at our church. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had learned a couple years ago that our church was going to start roasting their own coffee and that the money that was made from that would actually be donated towards counseling for um, trafficking victims. Mm. So ever since our pastor had made mention of that, I always felt a stirring in my heart that I was going to be somehow involved in that ministry. So um, that had always been in the back of my mind. And in April of 2019... I had lost my job. Oh, wow. So right after Angel was released okay. from the program and okay. stuff, I lost my job. Okay. And so at that point in time, Scott and I weren't even an item yet. Right. And um, I felt in my heart that the Lord was giving me nudges like, don't go back to a factory. I have a plan for you, and you're going to be, you're going to earn a gift that you're going to provide to people to build them up. Wow. And um, at first I thought it was like a massage therapy or an esthetician or something. So I was actually going to Douglas J. Aveda to do a tour to find out about the esthetician program because okay. I actually had a lead on a job to be an esthetician. But when I went there, the Lord told me I was going to do hair. Oh. So okay. before I even left, wow. I told them I was going to take that program. And here I am, single mom, right. lost a job. I was helping with landscaping. For a, a friend of mine, just to make money to take care of the kids, I had no idea how I was going to pay for school or my bills while I went to school. But I'll tell you, God has an amazing plan. Oh, and yeah. every time I feel like I'm being nudged and I take a small step and see his favor, he always delivers. I tell you, um, so the house that I had, right? I sold. I was renting it out. Okay. And um, 
because we bought this house uh, about, I bought this like four or five years ago, and I still had my old house. Okay. It sold cash in hand within the first couple of days it was on the market. Wow. And I was worried it wouldn't sell because right. how small it was. Right. And that money that I had received from that house, I was able to pay all my bills in advance oh, wow. for the duration of the time I would have been in school. Oh, yeah, God. That, that is like, amazing. He you had to purpose your heart to him in order for him to bless mm-hmm. you with all of that. And be obedient. Yes. You know, and quit being so selfish. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, me a lot. <laughs> I'm like, no, okay, guys, like any good parent, right? Direct yeah. you back. <laughs> so um, I was able to go to uh, cosmetology school, and I was concerned I wouldn't even know how to pay, I wouldn't have the money to pay off my bills and stuff for school either. That's all paid for now. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. just things that I wasn't expecting so to awesome. have. I actually got a refund from um, my lawyer that I had back in 2017. I just got it last year. Wow. And it was a big one. Oh so my I was gosh. able to pay quite a bit of that money wow. off. Wow. Yeah, just that things. That's amazing. Good for you. And um, I still believe that I'm going to work with human traffic victims yes. or. Um, be able to help women and I'll tell yes. you why because it's God just opens a lot of doors and um, when I started cosmetology school the first month I was there I had learned of a program in East Lansing which is where my school was at where a woman was housing um, women that have come out of human trafficking okay. and when I heard about it I was like oh I really want to volunteer with this woman okay, hold on. and Let me get this one going again record again okay so um I had drugged my feet though I didn't reach out to that woman in her establishment because I knew that I wouldn't have time to even visit because I was traveling back and forth from East Lansing I didn't want to be away from the kids and stuff so um ironically the next week the woman was in our school talking to us so I got her card and then I had um some interactions with a friend that I had seen that I hadn't seen in oh my goodness 20 years and found out that his wife works with individuals that are have that background and then wow. I went to a baby shower and learned that my friend that was a police officer had a direct connection so anyway I really feel like I'm being called to that area I went right. to um, a women's conference that year and at the very end uh, one of our speakers was like, I don't know who this is for, but somebody's going through a huge transition. It may be for an occupation or something, but you have a plan. God's telling me that it's way bigger than what you have planned. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I was going to throw up, and like I felt like it was for me. Yeah. And um, now, my husband and I are back together, and we're married, and he really wanted to be working with men that are going through recovery, but he's never been an AA right. participant. Okay. Yeah. And we had actually met a gentleman that his vision was to have a home for men to go to when they finish a sobriety program. Right. That would it would be a home that they would learn um, you know, how to budget and have accountability with other men going through the same thing and there'd right. be men's Bible studies and such. So we had reached out to that individual and he actually asked my husband to partner and incorporate it with him. And our church since then has partnered with us and purchased the home that we're going to use. So right now we're in the process of establishing a nonprofit organization um, and we'll be opening the Hope House 
uh, later this year. Yay! Yeah. Wow, that is so incredible. Yeah. And that is Ashes to Beauty. Yes, <laughs> right? you're right, too. Isaiah 61.3. Okay, I know y'all noticed her cute, cute shirt here, sweatshirt. Super cute, camo. Uh, we know we love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this was actually a women's conference that yes, I went to yeah. in Missouri. Yeah. And it was an incredible experience. So. Yeah, super love that. Okay, so I want to ask you, and I, a lot of this we might know, but you can give a quick synopsis if you want, um, of what how you daily fuel yourself and your spirit, heart, mind, and body. Because all the things you just shared... I mean, you could easily be like the Eeyore, woe is me, you know, whatever. And, you know, you kept on keeping on. Mm -hmm. So in your daily, what do you do for your spirit? What do you do? For my spirit, mm -hmm. I um, do do daily devotions okay. and I pray. Good. Um, do you have any favorite books that you read for the devotions or devotions you do or you just read through the um, Bible? And it's a little bit of everything, to okay. be quite honest. Perfect. I also have an app on my phone. It's called uh, Right Now Media. And what is it called? Right Now Media? Mm -hmm. Is this something you can suggest? Yeah, actually, okay. it's incredible. All right. All right. Um, we have it for our organization, uh -huh. um, but it, it's over 20,000 studies. Okay, good. I like to get on there and listen good. to that. Okay. And then also, I love to worship through music. Yes. So I'm constantly listening yes. to worship music. Yes. That's why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we both love music, right? Yeah. Um, also, it's uh, very important. We feel the need to be engaged in small groups at church. Yep, absolutely. Um, that's definitely... We call those private. tribes. Our yeah. So, and that's extremely important. Uh, we weren't created to be alone. He, no. uh, The Lord looks at us all as his children, so that means yes. we're family, and we need to be there for one another. We all sisters. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right, so your heart, we definitely know that you're putting your heart through human trafficking. You're going through this organization, starting this with the, with mm -hmm. the men, and you're going to do the administration stuff. I think yep, I'm the secretary right? of the board. Yep. Right, right, right. And so that's for heart and you're giving back and all that. And what about your mind? How do you challenge your mind? Like, do we consider that too with what you said, the podcast you're listening to? Oh, and absolutely. For, for anything else that you do, you would challenge your mind because you, you definitely have educated me on a lot to your day <sighs> because you've only educated me because you educated yourself through all of it. And those life experiences have given you that amazing education. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge wealth right there that you have. So as far as the mind, um, I have uh, taken... Um, a conscious effort to recognize the enemy's mind games that he plays. We, um, as a human, it's yes. natural for us to believe the lies that we hear yes. in our subconscious, but... His lies, others' lies, lies are exactly. everywhere. <laughs> and one thing yeah. that's been really helpful is just recognizing God's promises mm -hmm. and um, not letting those negative thoughts uh, be the leader of your life. You know, um, just recognizing that God has an amazing plan for you and it's all good. Not to say that we're not going to go through uh, rough experiences in our life because we need that too because that's when we grow closer to God. Right. But yeah, that's a huge part of um, so you're always mind. transforming your mind. You're, you're consistently recognizing that. And that's huge. Yeah. Well, it's an awareness, right? Because mm -hmm. we all are blind uh, or deaf to things. And, uh, and it's just that constant awareness. We need to keep waking ourselves up. Keep pinching yourself, yeah. everyone. <laughs> and um, having boundaries as well. And yes, absolutely. Figuring out what those are for you mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. Now, what about your body? Do you go out and walk? Do you exercise? Oh. How do you train? Do you train it? I mean, if not, it's totally cool. No, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I love to go out for walks, especially Good. now that it's getting warm. Yes. And then um, I have been going to the gym. Yeah. Uh, our daughter and my husband 
Because you said they did that before. Yep. And I didn't get to hear that part of it. I mean, for what you shared, but yeah. the gym part of it. So gym you joined is, it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, and we used to always do that. Yeah. Together when we. Um, he's a sports guy. Yeah. And <laughs> when before we had children, we would go to the gym every day. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Honestly, when I was pregnant, I was there until like the week before I had babies, and oh, they yeah. were there in the little Nursery. car seat in the. No, they were <laughs> right next oh, to us working out. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that's always been really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. that's super. Good. Which helps you mentally too. Yeah. I mean, and, and I believe it's the whole package for us as the warrior. It's spirit, heart, mind, and body. And just trying to find the balance in those. Not always perfect, but you're just trying to get the balance. Mm-hmm. Not be strong. Like my husband, he's very physical. He's big into working out. So he's, he realizes that might have been too high of a focus for years. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to find that, you know, within himself, with, this, with yeah. us in general. So, well, wow, this was an incredible interview. I feel like Thank we didn't you. get to talk about everything that you, you wanted to share about before we started, but everything we shared you shared was incredible way more incredible than I expected so thank you for that no problem I just um I really hope that anybody that might be going through similar experiences recognize that it's not the end that God's always there with you he's really just a breath away and he's waiting for you to turn to him um I wouldn't have gotten through any of this stuff without my faith um and I'm really excited to see what his big plan is for my life yeah, bigger plan because she's already been big girl yeah. but I know, <laughs> you know it's what even saying? bigger than yeah, what I can bigger. imagine right um, and is. also like when you feel nudges take them baby steps because that's him especially if you're like what am I thinking this for right. you know and then if you need reassurance then get in the bible because a lot of the times when I'm like what am I supposed to do I'll just be like Lord speak to me through your word and I'll open the bible and it's not just a coincidence that whatever verse I right. land on that it's related to what it is. It's because right. God's speaking to you through that. Right. And you Absolutely. have to be able to recognize that. Absolutely. So. Really awesome. Well, thank you so much thank for you. this. This is incredible. I'm so grateful. So let's che- cheers our way out. All right. All right. And there we go. And thank you, everyone. Thanks. Mm, for joining us on Mug Monday. And I'll let you see. There's a couple people that you can say hi to.